Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Danny Nevins, and we will be studying Tractate Eruvin Daf 15 today. Yesterday, I claimed that Eruvin, or rabbinic boundaries, are ultimately psychological structures. Physical deficiencies in the Eruv may be compensated for if there is heker, or recognition, that a boundary has nevertheless been indicated. But what about the opposite situation, where a physical boundary is perfectly constructed, and yet it was not initially intended for use as an Eruv? Can a pre-existing structure be designated on Shabbat as an Eruv? Must such designation occur prior to Shabbat? And are there limits to what materials may be used as an Eruv? For example, can a living animal be employed as a barrier that will allow carrying within its limits on Shabbat. Our daf begins with a case, Itmar, Lechi Haomeid Me'elav. Can you use a naturally occurring upright structure, such as a tree, as your Lechi? The fourth generation Amoraim, Abaye and Rava face off, with Abaye saying that it can be accepted as a Lechi, but Rava invalidating it. The editor then limits their debate. Both rabbis, he claims, agree that a lechi must be designated as such prior to Shabbat in order to be used. They disagreed about whether the structure must have been originally intended as a lechi. Abaye's position is more lenient. Original intent is not necessary. As long as the structure was recognized as a lechi prior to Shabbat, it works. Rava is not satisfied, however, unless the lechi was designed with this purpose originally in mind. Next, the Gemara seeks to extrapolate from this debate to a general discussion of mechitzot, barriers used, for example, to form the walls of a sukkah, the dafnot. They do not discuss, or apparently even know, of the medieval invention of the mechitza to separate men and women in prayer, which was not part of rabbinic practice in the Talmudic era. In the end, it appears that no such original designation is necessary for mechitzot. Only the lechi has this question. Abai's leniency is by association with the mechitza. Just as with one, no original intent is needed, so with the other. But Rava is concerned once again with the psychological efficacy of the eruv. If a lechi was originally intended as such, it was for instance, planted as a tree in order to serve as a lechi, then there will always be heker, or recognition of the structure. But if a pre-existing structure is designated afterwards as a lechi, even if it's done prior to Shabbat, there will, there will always be less recognition and therefore less efficacy of the structure. This debate between the fourth generation rabbis now leads the Gemara to discuss a first-generation story, the story of the Amora Rav and his student Rav Huna. At the middle of 15a, we read, 
Tashma, come and learn. Rav Rav, that is the teacher, was sitting at the entrance of an alleyway. Havayatev Ravkuna Kame. His student Ravkuna was sitting before him, which was the custom in rabbinic um, pupilship. Amar lei l'shama'e. So now the teacher Rav is thirsty, so he asks his servant, Zil aitili koza demaya, go get me a cup of water. Now, of course, this is on Shabbat, and Rav is sitting right at the entrance of the Mavo. Ad Nafalechia. While the servant was out fetching the water, the lechi, that is the structure that made surat petach and therefore allowed for carrying in this zone, fell down. kam Rav, the master, gestured at the fallen lechi with his hand, and it rose upright in its place. In other words, he performs a bit of an act of magic in forcing this physical structure to rise back up and therefore not break his um, carrying ability of the Eruv. Amrle Rav Huna. The student Rav Huna, you might expect to be shocked by this act of magic, but it doesn't face him. Rather, he asks a question of his teacher. La savar la mar adikla. Why did you have to do that? Didn't the master think that you could depend upon the decal? A decal is a type of um, a palm tree. So the palm tree is an upright, and apparently that was an alternative uh, lechi that could have been used now that the um, primary lechi had fallen. Well, Rav doesn't like Rav Huna's question. Amar, he says, Dame haim shamata. That rabbinical student seems like someone who never learned any Torah before. Did we depend upon the decal that is upon the palm tree yet since yesterday? In other words, you can't just take a natural object and turn it into a lechi on Shabbat. Don't you know anything? Now the editor leaves aside the story but begins to interpret it. Ta'ama to la samchinan ha samchinan heavy lechi. We might be able to infer from Rob's statement that the only reason that we couldn't use this palm tree is because we hadn't designated it as such prior to Shabbat. Had we done so, even though the decal, the, um, the palm tree was not planted for this purpose, apparently it would have worked. Maybe, in fact, we were mistaken all along that that fourth-generation debate of Rava and Abaye was only about whether someone had designated something prior to Shabbat or not. La salka datach. No, don't think that way. Dehahu barka, dehava be barchavu, dehavu pligiba abaye varava kulishnaihu. You know what? There was another debate that these guys had all their lives. There was apparently some balcony in the house of a guy named Barchavu. And they fought about this their whole life. Now, that means that this was a structure which, of course, had been designated prior to Shabbat because it was used for this purpose for year after year. But because it was not originally built as such, as a lechi, that's why Abai and Rav disagreed. Now we turn to yet another Mishnah in the middle 
of um, or at the bottom of 15a and the top of 15b. Bechol osin l'chayin afilu b'davar sheish baruachayim v'rebi meir oser. This is a debate about whether you can use not just a physical structure that had been built beforehand, but an actual animal as your lechi. According to the Tanakama, to the anonymous and authoritative first opinion, you can, in fact, use an animal, presumably one that's been tethered to a post, as your lechi, whereas Rebbe Meir says no doing. Rebbe Meir does, however, permit the use of animals for other purposes, such as writing a writ of divorce, a safer kritut, or a get, upon the hide of a living animal. The Tana, Rabbi Yossi Haglili, forbade this use. Our Gemara then seeks to prove each position about writing Gitin on living animals based on a close reading of Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. If a man finds something despicable in his wife, he shall write for her a writ of divorce. The Katav La Sefer Kritut. This verse is studied at great length over in Tractate uh, Gitin, but here our interest is on the actual nature of the book. Can the book be an animal? Rabbi Yossi's supporters say no. The writ needs to be like a book. A book does not uh, live and it does not eat. Whereas the sages, according to Rabbi Meir, seem to think that any surface should suffice, even a living book. This image of a book of divorce, a safer kritut, being something which does not live and eat, is perhaps amenable to homiletical interpretation. Of course, books generally are inanimate objects, and yet many readers would object that they do, in a sense, have a ruach chaim, a spirit of life, within them. Moses famously refrained from eating and drinking during his 40-day sojourn on Mount Sinai as he copied the Torah. Apparently, there was enough nourishment in its words for his survival. But after all, we're not here discussing just any old book. This is a writ of divorce, and this is a document that curtails a certain type of life, the life of a married couple. It should not eat up any more than their acrimony has already consumed. Let this writ be truly inanimate, a stationary end to an unhealthy dynamic, so that each person can write a new book of life. Ardaf ends with yet another Mishnah, which we will consider tomorrow in our next episode. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.